I don't know if you know this, but my brother and I, we live life in the fast lane, and that means no stop signs, no red lights, and there is no pulling over to take pictures. Now, you see this man over here? What's up? He's my co-pilot on this magic carpet ride. It's carry-on only, and you're just way too much luggage. Shut up, Doug. Welcome to Something Crunchy, the Valley's number one comedy entertainment podcast. Biscuit is homies with Blake. Blake is the older brother of Blair. And Blair is married to Biscuit. Here are your hosts, Colin Blake with Blair and Tyler Dressel. All right. Welcome to Something Crunchy. I'm Colin Blake. With me as always, Blair and Tyler Dressel. Thank you for joining us by way of 97.3 The Rattler, wherever you get your podcast. We are diving right into our eighth season, and we have such a crunchy guest joining us tonight. He's an actor, writer, producer, and stand-up comedian who you know from Saturday Night Live, A Night at the Roxbury, The Middle, and Corky Romano. Please welcome Chris Catan. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Gals. Thank you for joining us, Chris. It is a privilege and an honor, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? So good. Amazing. We are thrilled to have you on. Been really enjoying these sketches that you've had on social media. If you haven't seen them, you can find them on the Chris Catan official IG page. And the best place to start is the Naked and Afraid spoof. There's a link below right there in the show notes. <laughs> these are really funny, and Naked and Afraid just begs to be spoofed. Yeah, it was a parody. Yeah, thank it, you. it's such a good parody. And what are your chances of actually making it 21 days in the wild if you had to? <laughs> I'd probably make it about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> You and me both forget the Amazon or some swampy shithole. I couldn't make it 21 days in my own backyard if you brought me water and three meals a day. Exactly. (laughs) My favorite part in the show is when they'll be out walking around and come across some rotting carcass and then get super excited. Like, I wouldn't think for a second that that was food or anything useful. You could get Blair and I a fresh carcass every morning and we still wouldn't make it a week out there. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler has better odds, but he'd still tap out around eight, ten days max. You would. I would. <laughs> well, this is far from your first spoof and parody, Sharknado 5, The Ridiculous 6, Any Given Wednesday, all classics. What's the next big spoof or genre that needs a good spoofing? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, although I love Indiana Jones, I could do an Indiana Jones impression. Uh, so maybe I could, that's a you good know, idea. here I go. I got the <laughs> idol. <laughs> you even have the aged Harrison Ford impression and not the young. That's, yeah, that's really no, that's good. Yeah, I don't have the the, the younger version <laughs> down yet. <laughs> like be able to get that rasp right. No, that's difficult, yeah, but maybe. I'm here for that. <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> So why do they call it the Crunchy Show? Do we do we eat cereal? No, no, not not that kind of crunchy. Crunchy is in more of a slang term. I was actually in a band called Something Crunchy a long time ago, shitty bar band, oh, okay. and they liked the idea for calling the uh, the podcast that. We basically oh, got just it. Okay. called anything that was just like fucking awesome crunchy. So well, it is a great name. So regardless, oh, well, appreciate that. Thank you. What a crunchy thing! To I say. thought it might be like that that hot sauce show where you eat cereal while you talk. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we could bring in some cereal. I'm that would be that. the most annoying yeah. thing to listen to. Oh, yeah. Even the ASMR people <laughs> yeah. would be like, "Oh my god." Like, what kind of cereal do you think this is? While well, you're blindfolded, you're like, uh, lucky stars? You listen to my crunch and tell me that what That is you're... funny. All right, that's a note for an idea. It's going on our YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, we'll call you back that's, that's for, a game later. for that one. Yes, let's prepare. Yeah. 
Well, we are getting here pretty close to October, what we call Crunchtober around here. We have to at least yeah. bring up some horror movies. Do you have any favorites? Uh, well, uh, you know, my favorite Halloween movie was probably the scariest one of all. It probably still is, is The Exorcist. Exorcist will always, always remain. Scary. Yeah, and they have the, the new one. You know, they've done so many sequels to The Exorcist. Most of them sure. weren't really worthwhile. I hope this one's different. We'll see. And, and you were in one, I remember well, House on Haunted Hill. Um, uh, yes. Excellent. Yeah. Is there a classic horror villain that you could see yourself playing really well? A horror villain? A horror um, villain. I think the Joker would be cool. Oh, my God. I literally so was times. just thinking that. Wow. See, like, yeah. you, you could get away with doing like a Norman Bates type. There's a few that I think would work. But Joker, that's that's a really good fit. Yeah, I think that could be fun. I think you put some thought into that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> if I did put some thought into that, yeah. <laughs> did you have? I just the... like to be evil person that doesn't kill anyone or hurt anyone. See, no, <laughs> just as evil. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. No, that's some people. Yeah, that's like Lex Luthor style. He never actually did anything evil. You just always thought he was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he wanted to rule the world or bomb the place or whatever, but he didn't. Every really do good anything. villain wants to rule the world. <laughs> yeah, that's like a James Bond theory or exactly. Superman. You know? Yeah. Did you have the ability to watch movies or TV shows from the mountaintop while growing up? The mountaintop? Yeah, I did. I watched some. Yeah, I did. Uh, uh, it was slim pickings, but I got to watch the best. You have so, such yeah. an interesting upbringing. Um, your father, obviously, a, a founding member of the Groundlings with Lorraine Newman and Paul Rubens, Phil Hartman. And then you have your stepfather, who is a Zen monk on Mount Bali. Um, it seems like you went from a bunch of silence and staring in a very introverted environment to spending weekends with your dad and comedy acts in an extremely extroverted environment. This is fascinating. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, I was born up in a place called uh, or raised. I was born in Sherman Oaks. And then when I was two, my parents divorced and raised up in a place called Mount Baldy in the uh, in Southern California. And um, yeah, so I we lived in a cabin and uh, it uh, my mom and stepdad studied Zen Buddhism. And, um, you know, they were they were up there with people like Alan, Alan Watts and Leonard Cohen and a lot of philosophical people. And, and, you know, so it was a big difference from, you know, what my dad did, which was in the Groundlings. So I'd visit my dad on the weekends and on the weekdays I'd be up there in, the Mount, in Mount Baldy. And um, but, you know, when you when you don't have uh, a lot of toy stores and candy stores and stuff like that, you're not really uh have a lot around you to play with so i um kind of did what my mom calls create something out of nothing when you're not given much and you, you you just create out of that so i started uh you know just doing impressions and 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 doing making up characters and creating characters based on observance and and stuff you know a lot of things like that so um, that's how I built like a, a resume of characters, you know, that was the, that I ended up uh, being able to write for when I learned it from the Groundlings. So you kind of got tools from both sides. It's more obvious with what you got, you know, being around your dad and that side. But even still yeah. being um, up on the mountain, you kind of were forced to use some imagination and creativity just to not be bored up there. Yeah, exactly. So I was fortunate. Actually, at the time, I was like, ah, get me out of here. But, you know, <laughs> looking back now, I was very fortunate. You know, there's so many people today that would say Chris Kattan was a huge inspiration for them when it comes to comedy. Who would you say that about? I think Eddie Murphy was one of my biggest influences. Uh, um, you know, he's when I watched Saturday Night Live, I, I thought that was just he, he messed up a line 
which he never did. And he he uh, he said, "I so I messed up. Shut up!" Shut up! And the audience <laughs> roared with laughter. It's like a classic moment. And I thought, like, God, you could make a mistake like that, and and the audience loves it. And the power of media is just like you know, it's you can't lose uh, in so many ways as long as you're really a gifted person. And um, you know, like such as Eddie Murphy. But I mean, I have so many heroes. It's just crazy. I mean, Eddie Murphy, of course, and and Steve Martin, and and um, you know, Martin Short, and you know, it just goes on and on. One of my biggest heroes was actually Buster Keaton. I was, um, was going to say it had to be some of these physical comedians, like Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, the Marx Brothers. Like I would, I would certainly think that would have a, a pretty big impact. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He did. I, I, my mom used to play his movies uh, on an old projector for me, and I used to watch movies like Steamboat Bill Jr. and The General. And there's a short called Cops, where he's, you know, being chased by cops, and and it just he was just so incredible. I mean, yeah, he he directed and scored his own films, but you know, and performed in them. But he took chances, and he was fearless. And and I always thought I admired comedians that were fearless um and that were just willing to take a chance and uh as opposed to being you know very safe and 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 uh, i don't mean uh language wise but i just mean safe with uh taking chances with themselves you know being self-deprecating and 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 um being very um uh, vulnerable or uh, through their characters you know yeah. Um, and um, I think that's the way to go as a performer. I always felt that way. And that describes you and Eddie Murphy both very well, especially that moment in you described where he even, you know, made something funny out of a moment where he messed up. And that was kind of the first time you saw anyone break that fourth wall in, on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. He broke the fourth wall. Um, and that was pretty amazing. And it worked in his favor. It definitely worked <laughs> in his favor. It did. Well, I know everyone likes to bring up a night at the Roxbury, and we will too. Um, <laughs> yes. You've been open to the idea of a Roxbury sequel. You've even had a couple ideas. Is that right? Yeah, I I, I do. I, I mean, that would be amazing to get the cast together, you know. Uh, it'd be amazing to work with Will and uh, again and, and, and Molly's and, uh, you, you know, even the rest of the cast, you know. Um, uh that even, was such a even great Mendez cast. was in the in the cast. <laughs> she had a, I think it's one of her first roles, but she was in the wedding scene. Um, but um, it was a great oh. cast, you know, Colin Quinn and uh, obviously it was a lot of Saturday Night Live cast members in there. But you really have to kind of know your background and know more about the Groundlings too, because I love the story how you auditioned for Saturday Night Live with Sherry O'Terry, Will Ferrell, and uh, Jennifer Coolidge. And I, I th- yeah, I think Jennifer Coolidge was the only one out of that group who who didn't make it onto the show. Am I right? Um, I believe so. Yeah, I think I don't know what the reason was because she's beyond hilarious, as we all know. Beyond so hilarious. she was beyond hilarious then. But she, she, I think they thought she was too beautiful, honestly, because <laughs> <laughs> she was and she is. She um, is but amazing. you know that might have been, have been part of the reason because it was just sa- it's strange to know why. But you never know why. You just you never have know. no idea. You know, yeah, never know why. It was just good to see yeah. her in the movie and included with a lot the of the group. Saturday Night Live alum. Right, exactly. She was in uh, the Roxbury. She played a hottie officer. Yes, hottie yes. police officer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, is it true that you picked the song or did you had something to do with picking What is Love? 
I, I did. I um. What? You know, I I liked I liked uh, enjoying those that kind of music. You know, a lot of the songs that were on that album, I enjoyed listening to at the time. You and They're everyone very poppy else, and yes, silly. Bubblegum techno days. Stuff. That's a good way to put it. Bubblegum techno. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was very fitting Fun. for the time. Yeah, I love that you picked that song, and I totally get why you choose "What Is Love." But were there any others that were in contention? The first song that we were going to choose, or that we did choose for the first sketch, the first sketch that we did was just Will and I, and it was not a third person. Uh, this great writer, Fred Wolf, who was the head writer at the time, is the one who suggested a third person, which is which was Jim Carrey, who really, you know, blasted the, the sketch up into another level. And uh, at first it was a song called More and More, and I have no idea who sang it, but it was... I guess I can hum it to you. <laughs> it was more and more and more. You don't know where you're going to. So that was it. I know that song. But I you, know exactly what you're talking about. And yes, yeah, it's, it's in that same Ace of Base class. And Oh, okay. There you go then. Yeah. So it's been used before. It has. It so has. we used it um, when we first introduced the characters at the Growlings. We did it there. And um, so, yeah. So um, that, yeah. And then. When it became three people, I thought we should change the song because I was like, you know, I've been listening to this other song, the song What Is Love, and um, it'd be really cool to do, uh, to change it. And Will was like, sure, that's fine. I don't really listen to that music. I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> uh, so he was much cooler about <laughs> He had much better taste in music than I did, maybe. Uh, so anyway, so um, uh, yeah, we chose that song, and, and uh, it was such a... It became an anthem. It became its own thing. Yeah, it's infectious. Yeah, I, just I, I, the I perfect song. Choice. Don't recall the artist that did that song, but whoever they are, they owe you. Oh, his a, name a is debt Hathaway. Of Hathaway. That's yes. right. He was yeah. a debt of gratitude for uh, <laughs> keeping that. You can't song hear alive. that song without I thinking know. about Night at the Roxbury. You just can't. No, I gave him a debt of gratitude. I don't. He, well, he does. Yes, yeah. that's true. I don't think he really uh, did, but that's okay. He should. <laughs> we'll do it he on his should. behalf. <laughs> and have you heard the new version that was just released earlier this year by David Guetta? Yeah, by. A- a DJ sounds great. I loved it. It's really cool. There's a whole resurgence with the song. It's time to think sequel. It is. <laughs> Now's the time. Everyone's the talking time. about Night at the Roxbury now that this is back. So. Well, I mean, they did yeah. Bill and Ted. They did Coming to America. There's no reason yeah. why I couldn't do it with Roxbury. Yeah, I would love to do it. I think that'd be awesome. That would be amazing. Would love it. Which SNL castmate was it hardest to keep a straight face with? It had to have been so difficult with who you were working with. Oh, there was a number of people, probably Will, because Will and I had that uh, friendship back from the Growlings. And I remember in the Growlings, there was this one exercise we did in an improv class where we were staring at each other. We had to stare at each other and we had to see who broke character first (laughs) or broke. We had to stare at each other seriously. And whoever broke, you know, not the break of silence and started laughing was the loser or lost the game. But it was just so hard to do that with them. We were both like crying. (laughs) Our eyes were crying with laughter. But, you know, it was just really hard to do that. So... See, I, I can imagine the face that he was making during that exercise. And yes, that would yeah. be hard. And Chris, Honestly, like I, I think it would be harder to do. I think it would be harder to be Will, Will than it would be Chris. Yes. I agree. Oh, well, that's flattering. Yeah. Maybe, well, I think it was a, it was a likewise situation. <laughs>
two comedic powerhouses. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and we've hung out with enough character actors to know that sometimes these popular characters get requested in the bedroom. In your case, I can't imagine, but has anyone ever requested a cameo from Mango or Mr. Peepers? <laughs> <laughs> a cameo? Oh, uh, they, yeah, but they didn't say a full-on one. They just said, could you throw in a, a Mango statement or something? So I'll just go. No, no, you can't have the mango. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean an actual cameo. I meant have yeah, a no. bedroom. Yeah, has any any gals requested you to be in character? Pull out well, your mango. Well, they have sex with you. Oh yeah, people have done that many a times. <laughs> All right, uh, they always asked me to do a, a mango or would you do? They've asked. They actually like me better than my characters, so. <laughs> I mean, that does make sense. And that's great. That's see, the goal, really. The, that is the goal. See, my money was on Azrael Abyss. <laughs> oh, Azrael Abyss. Yes. People do love that. Oh, that People, would be fun. Um, the Prince of Sorrow. <laughs> the Prince of Sorrow. But, yeah, but I'm actually currently, um, yeah, I got engaged. I don't know if you heard that. Oh, congratulations. Um, congratulations. He's like, what are you doing? I'm not single, everybody. Yeah. Come on. I don't do that. <laughs> I've never done that. Yeah. Well, Mango still might be requested. We don't know. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, people ask me to do that a lot. Not in the bedroom, but, you know. Do your care. Maria is her wife, my wife, or my fiance, and she has um, she has uh, asked me to do that sometimes, but mostly uh, for kids or something, but not... Um, for not, her exactly not, not for role her. play maybe in the beginning of the relationship a little bit because she was such a fan <laughs> you gotta have a yeah. little fun with it <laughs> so when's the big yeah. date uh next summer we're next thinking day. next summer we don't have an exact date congratulations but next summer. Chris. that's wonderful thank you we're very happy for you that means a lot thank you yep, are you guys uh married not to each other but yeah, no to to each other yeah so i have oh, to each other you yeah. guys are my yeah. husband and my brother blake and my husband tyler yeah. so yes we're brother sister and husband and wife tyler and blair are married blake and blair are brother and sister yes oh okay great yeah so we're that's so quite wild you're like a family it's yeah. a it's a family show big happy we like family. to laugh together but we're not fucking family <laughs> friendly <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of your characters, you have some of the most unforgettable characters in SNL history, and they're the ones that no one else could do. I still don't get how you were able to do that with an apple. Were there any specific apples that you needed to be able to make it spray and tear <laughs> it apart be, like that? It had to be a red delicious apple because mm-hmm. they're uh, they're Softer. not hard and crisp like a Fuji apple or a or Fiji apple rather, and and so I would just. Uh, that was the easiest one to get through without, uh, you know, but I always ended up cutting my lip or something like that. You did. It didn't go yeah. incident. I don't know how you could do that without having something happen. Like We're no. not, we're not yeah. meant to do that. It's so hard, but what really gave it away is when you saw Dwayne Johnson trying to do it like you and it just, it really, oh, yeah. it was good, but it wasn't even comparable. I mean, it's like, and he was like trying That's right. to get the full Apple drama and it just wasn't even the same. Like you can't do it like yeah. Chris. <laughs> well, it's hard. I had it down to an art form for those who you really, really want to make an art of eating an apple. It was. You made beautiful. the rock look like a real amateur. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he was he was really game for it, and he was so cool at it. And he actually ate through the apple probably quicker than anyone else did. 
those sketches still hold up today. And that's my favorite part about that SNL era. I mean, we watched you yeah. and Sherry O'Terry's car shopper skit the other night, <laughs> the one with Ben Affleck in it. Oh, uh, yeah. We were just in tears uh, laughing at that. It's funnier now. It makes you miss the days when yes. you just could not miss Saturday Night Live. Like you had to yeah. see I miss yeah, that. it was uh, it was more fearless back then, and 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 I think people weren't, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's a very, um, you know, things have changed since then. Humor has changed, everything has changed, so uh, times have changed. So, um, you know, it's it was a different era and a different time that you were allowed to do stuff and able to do stuff and make sure, you know, that the the, the guest host was more uh, fearless as well. Like Saturday Night Live kind of represented a time that time uh, to do uh, a lot of things that were fearless. I mean, you know, uh, like Will's uh, American flag one wore his underwear was all the way up his butt. And, you know, I don't think you could do that now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know exactly which one you're talking about. And, um, you know, or just uh, the, the Sherry and I sketch, you know, you may not be able to do that now. And, and uh, who knows? I don't know. but. I think uh, the thing is that we were just uh, encouraged to do uh, what we we did into the groundlings. And, um, you know, so um, we we did. We did that. If we, we worked together before, that was a big plus uh, for the for the cast, you know, as opposed to put us together and then learn from there, which is hard because it was an office space. And, um, you know, we, groundlings great is a great opportunity to work together and discover things through improv. That's why it's such a great institution. So back then on SNL, when you guys had more freedom, did Lorne ever tell you to dial it back? Or you guys were going too far? Or was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he did sometimes for sure. Yeah. Um, so that was just a passerby. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, he did. He did do that. Yeah, sometimes. I can't. I can't agree um, with you more. How comedy has changed and evolved over time, and I think kind of the the bar has been lowered for kind of the standards of comedy. Do you think mm. that it's cyclical in nature and that we'll get back to kind of more good writing, maybe some of that physical comedy again, or are we just going to continue on our uh, downward I'm sure there'll be phys- I'm sure there'll be physical comedy. Uh, I, I, there is still, um, but still. I don't, it's hard to predict that one. That's a question for the masses. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We were talking about Lauren Michaels. There's rumors that Tina Fey is taking over for Lauren's spot running SNL. Would she be the right choice if Lauren were to step down? If that's the case, I think she'd be fantastic. I mean, I don't know if it's official. I, I haven't heard. I've heard only that. rumors and speculation. Yeah, rumors. So, um, but I, I don't know um, if that's the case. So, um, but if that were the case, she'd be fantastic. I mean, she knows the show very well and she's brilliant and, and she knows what it's like to be a, a great actress and a great writer. Obviously, great, great, she was yeah. head writer and she came from Second City. So she knows all of that. So she'd be definitely one to trust. And when she was a head writer when I was on and she did a weekend update as well and a performer, she was uh, she had a lot on her plate and she just always delivered. And um, so she she was uh, she, she'd be great if she if that's the case that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think she'd be a good choice. Yeah. So you and I have something in so. common in that we both collect Playboy magazines. <laughs> your, oh, yeah. Yeah, your collection's more <laughs> the rare <laughs> editions framed on a wall. Mine's more the sticky ones under the bed. 
But tell us how this started, <laughs> maybe some of the gems in your collection. Well, I just wanted the number one issue. I'm a collector of things. So it's the one with Marilyn Monroe on it. You have the oh, first so, one. What? Wow. Yeah, I like I like the very old ones, the ones that weren't getting too raunchy. Yeah. And um, back when people actually still did read them for the articles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because they did have great interviews in there, actually. There was a lot of um, um, funny, too. Like there was good satire and funny stories and joke pages. Yeah, there, there was. There was good content. Really? In there. Yeah, there was. Oh. That stopped in like yeah. the 90s, I think. <laughs> They're like, get to get to good. <laughs> More bush. Yeah, I did not collect those. I collect all the way up to like 1960 something. I don't think they have much um, value after the 70s. Those are the ones worth having. And you have the first issue with Maryland. That's the holy grail. Yeah, I just collected the 50s and, and early 60s. That's the Princess Di Beanie Baby. That's the <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Jordan One Chicago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I have that somewhere in a box. I gotta unload my boxes, no, <laughs> but they're in. It's one. in a box somewhere. Any other fun collections? Uh, I collect old movie posters, that's and nice. um, oh, I have a lot of old uh, original Star Wars action figures that are still in the box that have been unpunched, and that's kind of cool. What's your favorite movie of all time? Um, all time Raiders of the Lost Ark, probably. Oh, Raiders of the Lost. I love that question. I just feel like you learned so much. Raiders it's... of the Lost yeah, Ark is probably. a great movie. It's just a perfect. It's yeah, it's just a perfect movie for me and a big thing for me on my childhood. You would think that that or Lawrence of Arabia or Citizen Kane. Oh, okay, classic great um, ones. Yeah. Yeah, those were great films that made a big influence. Well, you're certainly a very recognizable person. What's been your strangest fan encounter? Not in the bedroom. Uh, <laughs> strangest fan encounter. Not just somebody wanting me to sign a great deal of things that weren't personal. Yeah. <laughs> Bring a box, like, just sign your name. Just sign your name. <laughs> like, here, here's a whole pile of things to sign. Can you sign this DVD of RoboCop, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Of films that I never heard of. This baseball Here, Could you sign the, this cover of Gone with the Wind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is random. You are you are one yeah. of those recognizable people. Even your voice, I just can imagine you get a lot of oh, fan encounters. You. Of course. Thanks a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and we like to play a game on every episode and include our guest as well. Our Crunchtastic R&D department put together a little something fitting for the occasion. There have okay. been some overlap between those who have hosted Saturday Night Live and those who have donned the cover of a Playboy magazine. If you'll indulge us, I'd like to give you some dates for each and maybe a clue or two and see if you can guess who they are. Is that cool? Sure. Uh, I've, I think you'll do okay. better. We'll start nice yep. and easy. Okay. You got this. <laughs> I'm going to assume women on the cover. Um, <laughs> don't always assume that. Don't always assume. Oh, that's maybe I'll, not always. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you whether or not. In this first one, yeah, it's the only one that isn't. He donned the cover of Playboy in January of 1980, and with 16 times hosting SNL, he's second to only Alec Baldwin. 16. 16 times to Alec Baldwin. Uh, Steve Martin? Steve Martin. Yeah! He's on the board. One for one. Oh. Okay, see, there's some context clues in there. Getting it. You don't have to depend on your knowledge of Playboy covers. I wouldn't expect <laughs> you to have uh, Well, I would have thought Steve Martin has been on the show so many times. Exactly. Context clues. Exactly. All right. Well, I remember the Five Timers Club. Can't be Tom Hanks. She 
was on the January 1995 cover of Playboy and also happened to be the youngest person ever to host SNL at just seven years old. Oh, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. <laughs> Drew Barrymore is correct. I had more clues. He didn't even need them. No. He, he's on fire. All right. We're going to toughen this up. A little I'm bit. on fire. It's like a real pro. <laughs> well, I know that she was the youngest yeah. one to host yeah. SNL because when I hosted with her, she said she was the youngest one to host SNL, and that was E.T. <laughs> it was E.T.? Yeah, that was in 1982 when she originally did it. Yeah. And she's hosted five more times since. Oh, wow. That's amazing. All right. so that makes sense. This Academy Award-winning actress has hosted SNL twice in 2000 and in 2014. It was on the cover of the May 1999 issue of Playboy. Was this Sandra Bullock, Charlize oh. Theron, or Halle Berry? Uh, two time. Oh, uh, Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron got yeah. her. Yeah. Three for three. Wow. Well, she 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 uh she uh hosted uh SNL twice. Yeah. She did. three for three. I lost the first one. Look, I, no, you got oh, it. Oh, you, you got, got it. it. Steve Martin. You yes. haven't even lost yet. Oh, I did get Steve Martin. Did, oh, yeah. you watch? Martin. I was right. Okay. You got a no hitter going. Yeah, he's oh, okay. he's in the middle of a perfect game. <laughs> All right, we'll do two more. This five-time Grammy winner posed for Playboy's cover in March of 2007 and has been an SNL musical guest four times, including once during your tenure on November 15th, 1997. Uh, Mick Jagger? Mariah Carey. Ooh. Oh, wow. Mariah Carey. Oh, so glad we got him. <laughs> Perfect game. All <laughs> 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 better now. Ooh, it's getting worried. Okay, one more. <laughs> this needs to be a harder one. All right, let's stick with okay. the music. This seven-time Grammy Award-winning artist posed for Playboy in September of 1985 and hosted SNL once in 1986, what? but has showed up a few times in various sketches. Hosted in '86 and showed up in various other times. Oh, she, she, including um, Wayne's World and Coffee Talk. Oh, Madonna. Madonna is correct. Why did I do that? You gave it. To you me. gave it away with the Coffee I, Talk. Come on. Because she did. She showed up in Coffee Talk in Wayne's World. I remember. That was a horrible display of patience and. <laughs> <laughs> You only missed one. That was really, you were worried about that. That was really good. You were good. worried about that. You nailed it. Th that was oh, fun. And thank you for doing that. That was a lot of fun. Hall of Fame numbers right there. <laughs> All right. Before we let you go, you wrote a very interesting book a couple of years ago, which is available on Amazon. I'll add the link. Tell us a little about Baby Don't Hurt Me. Uh, it's a, it's an autobiography. It's very cathartic. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good read. It's more of about uh, a comedian than a funny book. It's, it's an interesting book. It's uh, I wrote it years and years ago, and uh, it's one of those books that uh, you know. Had I written it now, it'd be different. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, what would be different? What about would it you now? change? What would be different? A different editor. Oh, <laughs> <I see>. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's more to the story now too, and and getting married next year. That that's really exciting. Is it kind of a memoir? Yeah. Or is it more just like you know stories and you know behind the yeah, scenes stuff? Yeah, sto stories about how I grew up and 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 my you know learning and and through the groundlings and 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 being on, you know, just uh, just my life and 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 starting our live experiences and and um, you know people things that people seem to want to hear. 
but I wanted them to learn a little bit more about my mom and my relationship with my dad and and uh, how I grew up. And because a lot of people want to know how a comedian grows up and what was their influence and their heroes, you of know, yeah. those are the most interesting chapters. It is interesting. And that is something that everyone wants to know. And especially if you have an interesting background like you do. <laughs> well, do not forget to check out Chris Catan Official on IG, and that's where you'll find some of this great new stuff, classic skits from SNL, and even some audition videos that are not to be missed. Chris Catan will be at the City Winery in Chicago tomorrow night. That's on the 13th, and you can find him in New York City at City Winery on the 16th and at Philadelphia on the 17th. Also, check out Baby Don't Hurt Me. That's available on Amazon. Yeah. There's a link right in the show notes. Chris, I feel I speak for the three of us in a whole generation of people when I say the joy and entertainment you have provided is truly unmeasurable. Absolutely. Our family well, thank you loves so much. you like family. Thank you. You're a comedic force that, means that a is lot. like no other. Absolutely. Well, thank you. That's a great, that's a very kind thing to say. Thank you so much, you guys. Of course. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, dearly. thank you, guys. Yes, thank so you sweet. so much. We sincerely appreciate your time, Chris, and I hope we get a chance All to talk right. again soon. Of course. Thanks, you guys, so Thank much. Thank you. This. Good luck this bye weekend. Bye. 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 <laughs> bye. Bye. Shook the claw there. <laughs> He's so cool. It was hard for us to contain our excitement throughout that. <laughs> I could tell. <laughs> We're a little rusty. <laughs> Worth the wait. What an interesting way to grow up, too. That is just nuts. He was a real treat and a fantastic way to kick off the season. Season eight will be crunchy. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Starting off with the treasure? Come on. There's always that time in between seasons where we wonder if the next season could possibly top the last. And this is like the first time that hasn't happened. Yes. The calendar is filling up quickly and we have some good times coming ahead. As if that wasn't enough. New Dream Car giveaway over at 8080. In addition to the 15% off you get for using code Crunchy, every dollar you spend gets you entered in for a chance to win a brand new Lamborghini plus $60,000 in cash. You do not want to miss out. Nor do you want to forget to check out SundayCrunchy.com where you'll find every episode, our links to social media, and the Almighty Crunch Store where you'll find all kinds of crunchy gear showing that you are a proud citizen of Crunch Nation. Join us every Friday night at 10 o'clock on 97.3 The Rattler or find us wherever you get your podcast. This has been another episode of Something Crunchy and as always, don't ever forget to live your crunchiest life and be crunchy to one another. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, and all that crunchy good shit. All episodes can be found at somethingcrunchy.com and on all podcast platforms. Thank you for listening. Can't have the mango. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm going to send you a whole table full of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Send me a whole pile of Gone with the wind poster. Yeah. A kite in there. If you we'll could throw a... <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>